Tale of the Manticore. Bonus material. One Shot in the Dark. Tutorial. Continued. Hi, this is John, creator of Tale of the Manticore. Back between episodes 46 and 47, I released a tutorial of the first level of my new game, One Shot in the Dark, which is available now on DriveThruRPG for $1.50. At the end of that episode, I threw it out there that if there was any interest in my continuing with this tutorial and doing levels 2 and 3 and completing the game, um, to let me know. Well, I got a good response from that, so here I am, delivering as promised. The tutorial for One Shot in the Dark continued. For anybody who's listening to this that has not heard of One Shot in the Dark or has not heard Bonus Episode 4, I would recommend that you do go and listen to that first one because I won't be repeating some of the basic information uh, that I established in that episode. Maybe a brief recap is in order, however. In the last episode, I played level 1 of One Shot in the Dark, which takes place in some caverns. I brought my four characters, a fighter, a cleric, a wizard, and a thief. They had one combat, and in it, the cleric was diseased by a giant filth rat. Luckily, the characters survived, and at the end of the level, they are able to reset their hit points and remove all the penalties incurred by that disease. So the characters begin level 2, fresh. And even better than that, I get to roll for additional hit points. And the way that works is each character type, fighter, cleric, wizard, and thief has an assigned hit die. So I'll start by rolling for their new hit points using those assigned hit dice. Okay, my fighter has a d8 hit dice, so I'll be adding ugh, one. I'll be adding one hit point to the character's maximum, so now the fighter has nine hit points. We'll do the same for the cleric. The cleric has a d6 hit die. Be adding a six, okay. The wizard and the thief each get an additional d4 hit points. Here's the wizard, a three, and the thief, another three. Well, not, not bad, I guess. All right, just one last thing before we begin level two. Both the wizard and the cleric are allowed to take an additional spell to represent their ascension to level two. And they didn't expend any spells in the last episode, so they'll each have two. The ones that they start with are bless and blast for the cleric and the wizard respectively. I'm going to add heal and mass invisibility again for the cleric and the wizard respectively. And with all that done, it is time to draw our first card and begin dungeon level two. Okay, whereas the previous episode took place in a cavern, this episode will begin in a dungeon level. So it's almost the same kind of concept as before. I'll be drawing cards and consulting a chart to see what happens. Let's begin. Here's the first draw. I've got the queen of hearts. Let's see, I'll just check my chart. Wow, we are starting right in the action. The first room of this dungeon is a sacrificial pit. So I'm going to imagine that the cave winds down a stairway and opens up into the sacrificial pit. Apparently there is only one exit, so there is no going back. I'm going to have to fight my way through. All right, let me just draw this on my map. I'll draw an exit on the other side, a big pit in the middle. And what am I going to have to fight? It says, fight the thing in the pit. Eight hit points, die eight damage. All right, I'm going to imagine some kind of many-tentacled creature that exists in a pit full of slime. All right, we're going to start our first combat of the session. In One Shot in the Dark, the player always wins initiative, and every character will roll their hit dice to see if they score a hit. 
A hit is scored on a four or better. So uh, I just like to roll all my dice at once. Looking at my dice, I only have one hit. That was the cleric. A cleric does a d6 of damage. So let's see how much damage our cleric does. Four points. The thing in the pit now has four hit points left and is down to half. It gets to retaliate and it will use a d8 to attack. That's a hit. Okay, now I'm gonna roll damage using a d8 again. Five points. Who's gonna take the five points? I think it's gonna be the cleric. The cleric goes from 12 hit points down to seven. And now we're on to round two. Characters will attack. I'm looking at two hits. One from the fighter, one from the thief. And I'm gonna roll my damage dice together as well. If I get four or better, I kill this thing before it fights back. Yeah, I've got a seven and a two for nine points, more than I even need. The thing in the pit is dead, and I can continue to the next side, which means I'll be drawing one more card. I've got the Five of Hearts. Let's see, the Five of Hearts is a 30 foot by 30 foot guard room. Sometimes room dimensions will be given, sometimes not. There are two exits. These are always in addition to the one that I've come through, so I'm just gonna draw this on my map. It looks like I'm gonna have to fight again because this room says draw a monster, but it also says draw loot. So if I win the fight, I'm gonna get something hopefully good. All right, drawing a diamond for my monster. I'll be fighting three of diamonds, a gelatinous cube. <laughs> okay, drawing my gelatinous cube in the guard room now. The gelatinous cube has 10 hit points, which is a lot, but it only does a d4 of damage. It does have a special ability called Paralyzing Touch. So if I read down to see what that does, it says on each hit, roll a d20. On a one, a character is out of combat. All right, we're two rooms in and we're already at our second battle of the session. As always, characters go first. Here we go. Not a single hit. The gelatinous cube attacks with just a d4, so it would actually need a four on the die to hit me. A four, yeah, it hit me. <laughs> Let's see, I'm rolling that d4 again. Only one point, who's gonna take that? I'm gonna give that point to the fighter. The fighter goes from nine to eight hit points. But now I roll a d20, and if I get a one, the fighter is out of the fight completely. A three, okay, the fighter's gonna be all right. We reset and we start round two. Here are the rolls for the party. Just one hit. With a d6, that's the cleric again. The cleric's gonna do just two points of damage. Gelatinous cube down to eight points. Now it's the gelatinous cube's turn. That's a miss. Reset, start again. Characters. There we go. Two hits, the fighter and the cleric. Rolling the d6 and the d8. 13 points of damage, the gelatinous cube is destroyed, and this fight is over. Now I get to draw a card for loot. For that, I'll need my mini deck of clubs. All right, drawing for loot. I've got an eight of clubs. That's a scroll of dimension door. I can remove two cards from the deck. Well, I'll do that right away. And this dungeon just got a little smaller and a little bit easier by using my scroll of Dimension Door. How nice. All right, I imagine my characters stepping through that Dimension Door. Where do they end up? Time to pull another heart. The Six of Hearts. Let me check my table. Oh, okay, a green slime attack. Take D6 damage, one character only, with no save, yuck. Yuck indeed. Let's roll the die and see what happens. Ugh, a five. Oh boy. I'm not rolling great. Who is gonna take that? I'm gonna give this one to the thief. That takes our thief from seven points to two. 
Yikes. You know, I think it's time for me to use my first spell. My cleric will cast Heal on the Thief, and that will restore four hit points. Spells in this game happen instantaneously. You can do them in combat, in addition even to a regular attack. They just happen. Let me update my map here to show that we've dimension doored somewhere else, and really to the perfectly wrong spot. Green slime. Alright, let's continue on. It looks like it's time to draw another card. 7. A 60 foot by 60 foot unholy church with two exits. Alright, as always, that's in addition to the one that we came through. I'll put both of these doors on the far end. Let's see, what else does it say? Each character takes one hit point of damage from fear and despair. What exactly did you see in here? I know what I saw in here. I saw some unfortunate sacrificial victim splayed out on an altar with all their insides removed. Yikes. Every character takes one point, so current totals are Fighter at seven, Cleric at six, Wizard at six, The Thief, who is magically healed for four hit points, is at five. Hopefully we can make it to the end of the level and get our hit points restored. Let's see, which of these two exits should I take? I'll take the one to the south. Uh, and drawing a card. Two of hearts, a flooded tunnel with one exit. Alas, your socks got wet. Well, there's worse things in life than wet socks. Let's pull another card. The four of hearts, secret passage. Discard two cards from the deck. Well, uh, if there's one thing that we're good at here, it's skipping ahead. All right, I'm discarding two cards, and as before, I have to make sure that neither of them are the ace. Jack, 10. Okay, time to pick another card. And it's the ace. How appropriate that the secret passage takes us to the entrance to the next level. All right, I'm going to draw on a staircase at the end of my secret hallway here, and write down to level 3. Level 3 is the crypt, and it's the final level of One Shot in the Dark. If we can survive it, we can fight the big boss and end the game. Just like when we reach level two, we get to roll our hit dice for new hit points and add them to our new maximums. Let's go ahead and do that, and hopefully we'll get some good rolls here. So the fighter is starting with a base of nine hit points from level two, and we'll be adding three, not the best. The fighter's new max total is 12. The cleric begins with 12, and I'll be adding two points for a new total of 14. The wizard begins with seven, and I add four, 11 point total, and the thief adding three for a total of 10. Overall, pretty good rolls. As before, I get to choose new spells. I've used up my heal spell, so I can never choose that again, and that spell slot is not restored, it's gone. I do keep my bless spell, because I never used it, and the wizard hasn't used any spells at all, so I think I should probably start using some of them. There's no point in finishing the game with any spells left over. All right, let me look at my spell list and choose a couple of good ones. The cleric is going to take Banish, destroy one undead enemy other than a boss. The wizard will take, why not, Lightning. On a successful attack roll, a four on a d4, this spell instantly kills any enemy, including a boss. Well, that's a Hail Mary. Alrighty, it's time to get our map paper ready because we are going to level three, the crypt. To begin, I'm going to rebuild and then shuffle my mini deck of hearts, so I start from a fresh pack. Okay, here's my first card. I've got a four of hearts. False hope. You see something that lifts your spirits. What is it? Turns out you were wrong. 
Lose initiative in the next combat. The monster strikes first. What did I see? What did I see? Okay, I think my cleric thought he saw a holy symbol on the wall, but on closer inspection, it turned out to be a corruption of that holy symbol. Um, inverted, opposite, and blasphemous. I also have to update my map, so there's no uh, description of a location here, so I'm just going to imagine that the stairway ends in a hall, and this is where the unholy symbol was discovered mounted on the wall. Time to pick a new card. Ten of hearts. 30 by 60 foot catacombs. One exit. Draw a monster. Draw loot. This battle could be tough. Okay, I'm drawing this catacombs on my map. 30 feet by 60 feet with one exit at the far end. Now I'm going to my diamonds deck to draw a monster. Eight of diamonds. Three shadow fiends. Six hit points. D6 damage. Undead. Undead are special in that they are immune to enthrall and poison spells, neither of which I have anyway. Okay. Well, because of that unholy symbol, we've lost the initiative, which means that these shadow fiends essentially get a free round on us. Let's roll and see what happens. Amazingly, there are no hits. That's good news. So now it's my character's turn. I think that the cleric is going to use his spell of Banish, which will instantly destroy one of these Shadow Fiends. It doesn't even take the place of his attack. He'll get to attack in addition to doing that. Alright, I'm rolling all my dice together. Only one hit, but it's the fighter, so there's a chance here that we could take out another one of these Shadow Fiends. A three. No, we don't. We just take it down to half hit points. That round is over. It's the Shadow Fiend's turn. Okay, I'm going to roll their two attacks together. That's two misses. Okay, good news. Now it's time for the party to retaliate. One hit. It's the fighter. Rolling for damage. A three. Not a good roll, but it is enough to destroy one of the Shadow Fiends. The single remaining Shadow Fiend attacks. A three is a miss. Lucky, lucky. Now it's the party's turn. Two hits. The fighter and the wizard. I've got a seven and a one. That's enough to kill that last Shadow Fiend. And the fight is over. Before the characters leave the catacombs, there's one more thing to do. I get to draw loot. Alright, I'm taking out my mini deck of clubs and shuffling them. And I draw... Six of clubs. A fairy in a cage. This delicate creature begs to be set free. Upon her release, she grants a choice of this level's loot. I get to choose any of them. Okay, great. Let me just take a moment here to, uh, to think what I would like. I'm going to take the magic weapon and give it to my cleric. Plus two attack and plus two damage rolls for one character. Not too shabby. Okay, well there's only one exit from the catacomb, so it must be time to pick a new card. I've got a nine of hearts. Let's check the table and find out what that is. A 20 by 20 foot vault with one exit. Draw loot. Well, I don't mind if I do. Okay, for loot, I draw a club. The ace of clubs. A holy relic. This item once belonged to a saint. It can cast a choice of holy weapon or divine aid. Okay, well, we'll just put that in our pocket and hopefully we can use it later. All right, we're back to our hearts deck, drawing a new card. Five of hearts. 50 by 50 foot room of the idol. One exit, draw a monster. Okay, to draw a monster, I will need my diamond deck. King of diamonds. Unholy high priest. Nine hit points, d6 damage, has the spell 
Divine Aid. Guess we better find out what that spell does. Divine Aid. All damage sustained is cut in half, rounded down, for one round of combat. I'm going to say that this unholy high priest uses it right away. For the very first round, any damage he takes will be cut in half and rounded down. Alright, let's fight. As always, the characters go first. I've got three hits. The fighter, the wizard, and the thief have all hit. Rolling for damage. I have a three, a one, and a one. Well, those ones are actually going to become zeros because of his divine aid spell, and the three becomes a one. So even after being hit three times, because of that spell, this unholy high priest only takes one point of damage. And now it's his turn to retaliate. He's gotten a four and scored a hit. How much damage? Three points. I'm going to give that to our fighter, who goes from 12 to 9. And it's round two. Now that that spell has worn off, he shouldn't be such a tough customer. Nice. Three hits. For 13 points of damage in total, combat is over, and we are back to drawing from the hearts deck. I've got the six of hearts. Okay, let's check to see what that means. The six of hearts. A trapped hallway with one exit. If your thief is alive, save to disarm the trap. On a fail, the character takes 1d8 damage. Okay, in one shot in the dark, a saving throw just means you roll a d20 on an 11 or better, you save. Let's see what happens. Not lucky. I've got an 8. Alright, I'm going to take 1d8 damage here. 5 points. Alright, who's going to absorb that? The cleric is in good shape right now with 14 points, so I'm going to take the cleric down to 9. We're going to say that... Hmm. Let's do a... Let's call it a pendulum blade trap. So the cleric steps on a loose flagstone and a pendulum blade swings out from the ceiling. Everyone else gets out of the way in time, but not our cleric. He gets hit for five points of damage. I'll update my map, and it is time to draw again. The Two of Hearts. A T-junction. Does anyone know how far underground we are? <laughs> Usually in One Shot in the Dark, you're going to find a room or a monster or a trap or something like that, but sometimes it's just a map feature like this. So a T-junction is just a T-junction. I'm going to take the right turn of the T-junction. Seven of Hearts. Unholy symbol. If your cleric is alive, save to avoid a curse that bestows a minus two on your next roll. Boy, this place is lousy with unholy symbols. All right, making my saving throw. I've got an 18, so that's an 11 or better, which means that my cleric saves. Fool my cleric once, shame on you. Fool my cleric twice, shame on him. We're picking another card. I've got the ace. Okay, the ace means that instead of going to a new level, I have found the final boss. Let's see. You enter a chamber where a summoning spell gone wrong has called forth an insidious horror. The dead bodies of the cultists who summoned it litter the floor. Draw a boss card and fight for your life. I've got the Six of Spades. Okay, the Six of Spades is a Minotaur, or a Minotaur, tomato-tomato. Uh, the Minotaur has 16 hit points, does d6 damage, and has the special ability Blood Rage. The Minotaur attacks first in each combat round. Now, before we begin this fight, I'm going to add this final room to my map. Let's see, a Minotaur would live in a labyrinth. So that is what I'm going to draw. Okay, before this final fight, I'm going to use up a bunch of spells, because in one shot in the dark, magic is very much use it or lose it. Okay, my cleric is going to cast Bless. 
Bless gives all friendlies a plus one on attacks and damage rolls for one round of combat. And I think my wizard is going to cast Blast, which deals one to six points of damage to one enemy with no attack roll needed. And like all magic, this will be in addition to their attack roll. So let's begin with that. The wizard casts Blast. Not bad, I've got three points. The Minotaur goes down to 13. Now it's the Minotaur's turn. So the Minotaur attacks with a d8. Eight, well that's definitely a hit. How much damage? Four points. Who is going to take that? I'll say that the wizard will take that four points and goes from 11 to seven. Now it's the party's turn. We've got some buffs happening right now because not only do we have the bless, but the cleric has a plus two weapon from earlier. Rolling all my dice. Because of that bless spell, everybody hits. I rolled a bunch of threes here, but they all get bumped to a four. This could be a very, very short boss fight. Damage rolls. He's got a plus one as well. I've done 10 points of damage, which is an incredible round, but it's not quite enough to kill the Minotaur. The Minotaur is now down to three hit points, and we're at round two. The Minotaur attacks. Another eight is another hit. This is one angry Minotaur. Three points of damage. Who's going to take that? I'm going to give it to the Thief. The Thief goes from 10 to 7. It's the party's turn to retaliate, but that Bless spell has expired. The Cleric still has a plus two for his magical maze, though. I've got one hit, just the Cleric. The Cleric's got a five on the die, plus the two is seven. Our Cleric has vanquished the Minotaur. This fight in this game are over. Well, there you have it, one shot in the dark. As you can see, it's a very simple game that really just tries to uh, go for that nostalgic, classic dungeon crawl feel. Uh, it's very, very swingy and much more concerned with the luck of the die and looking up things on tables than actual strategy, although there is a little bit of strategy involved. A little bit of story comes through too, which is pretty cool. Uh, in this story, we have a cleric who overcomes some unholy symbols eventually, and then ends up delivering the final killing blow to the big bad. So, uh, pretty cool. We got to see some magic, we got to see some traps, and we got to see some loot. And that's the game. As I've mentioned before, this game can be played solo, without a DM, or it can be played with up to four people if you just sort of uh, divvy up the characters. And I've even seen this game played with a DM, so potentially up to five people. One thing that's come out as a surprise is that the game tends to be really good for younger players. So that's ironic, because my podcast certainly is not appropriate for a younger audience. Uh, but that does seem to be uh, the feedback I've been getting. Anyway, I'll be posting this map on taleofthemanticore.blogspot.com if you'd like to see the game map that I used. Uh, and if you'd like to purchase this game, it's $1.50. And any income that I do earn from this game, I'll be putting right back into the podcast. So you'll know that in addition to buying a game, you are directly supporting the show. Thanks very much for your time, and I will see you next time in the next installment of Tale of the Manticore.